Welcome back to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans, and this week we are talking about supply chains, shortages, monopolies, and more. So, uh, some fun things to discuss in this week's newsletter and podcast. If you haven't checked out the newsletter or you haven't subscribed, head over to productthinking.cc and sign up for the fortnightly newsletter or thereabouts, sometimes a little bit more. And uh, of course, if you haven't followed this podcast, hit the follow or subscribe button and uh, you can get that whenever new episodes come out about every other week or so, maybe a little bit more often. Uh, Anyway, let's jump into it. So this week I'm highlighting some interesting articles and podcasts that I have been reading and thinking about a little different than our normal format, but lots of good content. Uh, So next week we will be reviewing our monthly book since it is the end of the month, so get ready for that. But jumping into it, uh, first article Shortage Watch. Sorry, no French fries with any order. We have no potatoes. So this is an article. Uh, My wife and I were talking about this uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, and her difficulty in finding egg rolls. Uh, She loves egg rolls, but hasn't been able to find them at any grocery store recently. And that's been a running theme over the past year and a half, uh, not specifically with egg rolls, but with all sorts of different items and often at random. Uh, so it can be, you know, egg rolls for a couple months. It can be another food item for a couple months. And we've come to just expect that sort of thing uh, when going to a grocery store is that they will be out of certain items and we may not know when they're going to come back and in stock. And that's something that I think for most of us, at least in uh, the recent uh, history, are just not used to, uh, especially in the United States. Uh, And this pandemic has exacerbated uh, issues with supply chains and exposed some fundamental flaws in the underlying systems. So quoting from this article, uh, one culprit is the food distribution industry, which is highly consolidated due to the standard litany of anti-competitive tactics like mergers and exclusive contracts with customers and suppliers. Problems at some of the biggest firms like Cisco have even forced summer camps and restaurants in some areas to shut down. Burger King uses McLean Distribution, a leading firm for for grocery distribution, McLean is having trouble recruiting drivers, which is a clear problem everywhere. You'll hear a number of causes for this shortage, from poaching by Amazon to a large number of truckers retiring rather than be on the road during a pandemic. So that goes to uh, another article that we'll talk about in just a minute. But uh, shortages everywhere from a number of different causes. Uh, So You'll definitely want to check out that article, of course, link in the newsletter. But in many industries, we've become too reliant on a few key providers. If something happens, like a pandemic or a natural disaster, it can knock the entire system off track. And we won't have egg rolls or enough toilet paper. 
But it gets more serious than that. Uh, Lumber prices skyrocketed this past summer, which was a bummer for us since we were trying to do a number of projects uh, like working on a deck in our backyard and also working on uh, some projects in the basement, like finishing our basement. Uh, But more uh, broadly speaking, uh, it caused price jumps with construction everywhere. Uh, We saw this happening uh, early in the pandemic with masks, but pharmaceutical production is also very concentrated. So shortages or problems can delay life-saving treatments. And that is an even bigger worry than things like egg rolls or toilet paper or some of these other things. So some interesting things to think about and for us to be addressing sooner rather than later as a society. Uh, Next article, Uh, along the same theme as we were just talking about, uh, the, the pandemic unemployment benefits are ending, but for big companies, labor shortage worries aren't. Uh, many thought that unemployment benefits were keeping people from working, but data are showing that wasn't entirely the case. There's been some structural shifts in the job market, and labor shortages are continuing even as benefits end. Uh, We touched on this briefly a few months ago, but I expect that this will persist for years, uh, maybe even longer. Many people have gotten out of jobs they didn't want to be in and are eager to not return. Uh, Maybe they've skilled up or found something else, and it will take a lot to get others back into some of those types of jobs, whether they're uh, service jobs or lower paying jobs, or just less desirable jobs. Uh, Quoting from the article, hard to quantify factors also remain a complicating factor in the labor market and reason for firms to remain on edge when it comes to hiring leverage. Among those factors, the idea that there is a great resignation taking place among America's workers and a general reconsideration of life and work priorities during COVID cannot be discounted, even if hard data is lacking. There are likely other structural shifts at play, and it will be interesting to see how this continues to play out. Like I've said and and have been saying, not something that is a short-term thing, but much likely uh, a longer-term structural shift in how we go about work and life and will be super interesting. So that was the second article and kind of touches on uh, some of the the things we talked about in that first article as well. There is a serious, significant shortage in truckers. And, uh, you know, that is a tough, tough job. And, you know, we call it a labor shortage, but it is in reality a wage shortage. <laughs> you know, there is just uh, not enough pay to get uh, truck drivers into that role. You know, they're not being paid enough for what they're doing. Uh, you know, obviously, 
if the pay was to increase to the right level, then you could start to attract people into those jobs. And if the conditions were to be right, uh, you know, if the, it wasn't such a difficult job, as in the hours uh, weren't so terrible and the schedule so inflexible and things like that, if it were a more desirable job and compensated correctly, then you could start to fill it better. And, you know, the same could be said for probably many of these types of roles that uh, firms and companies are struggling to fill. So, all right, moving on from there, uh, let's talk about, <laughs> talking about monopolies, let's talk about Apple for a minute. So Apple's metronome. Uh, this is a podcast episode. And Apple continues to release new stuff. So in this episode, they talk about a couple different things, uh, one of which is the new stuff that Apple is releasing, just like it always does, uh, which is both interesting and somewhat uninteresting. Uh, interesting in that Apple's already always releasing new stuff, which is great, and uninteresting because Apple's also always releasing new stuff, which is great. But the more interesting stuff is that we continue to stumble toward a new App Store model. The Epic versus Apple trial didn't blow things up, uh, but it did put an enormous crack in the wall of the App Store. Uh, no one really knows what the new model will look like, but the 30% App Store tax that Apple and Google have been taking seems like it is over or will end soon, and that is a really good thing. Not that we should transfer that to Epic or Spotify or some of these other big players, but I think we'd all love to see that massive tax reduce significantly, especially for smaller companies and developers who rely on app stores uh, and the apps they create for their livelihoods. So uh, that is the, the podcast episode. And there's also another article that I reference in here. The Apple versus Epic ruling will change gaming forever. Uh, so quoting from that, the Apple versus Epic court case came to an end, not with a bang, as so many expected, but with a whimper. While the court ruled in Apple's favor on eight of nine counts, it ordered Apple to remove restrictions banning developers from linking to alternate payment systems in their apps, a move that will in turn let them dodge Apple's much-criticized 30% commission, as well as the total dominance the App Store has over gaming on iOS. That's big in itself, but what happens next could be far bigger. So it is the beginning of the end, uh, kind of like we mentioned just before, of the dominance of the App Store. And what that will start to look like is yet to be seen. Uh, and hopefully we can start to move to uh, something that will allow for both the security that you know, some of these app stores have provided, but also the choice and freedom that is much needed uh, for uh, developers and users. So uh, we'll continue to stumble forward in that direction and see what the future brings. It'll be interesting as always. All right. Speaking of stumbling forward, let's talk about Facebook. Uh, another interesting article 
Uh, Facebook is the AOL of 2021. Ouch. So if you listen to our other podcast, uh, Product by Design, uh, you can find that at productbydesign.co, you'll be familiar with some of our complaints about Facebook. Facebook does some things right. It does uh, a lot of things wrong. Uh, You know, some of that is Facebook's fault and some of that to some degree, I think it's just a reflection of us as a society, which, you know, I don't know how much uh, Facebook can change that. But that aside, you know, Facebook has capitalized on its network effect. And, you know, since most of this, most of us are there in some degree, but how will we continue to live in these types of digital walled gardens in the future? You know, that was a question my wife and I were debating over lunch the other day. We each ought to own our data and our online personas much more than we currently do. And in the future, hopefully we will. But who will build that type of environment? And how will each environment interact with each other? Will Facebook continue to be walled off from other networks? Will the future networks do the same? That just doesn't seem like the right path forward, but what will be the right path forward? So an interesting you know, comparison of Facebook and AOL of the past. So check that one out. Uh, another article, Xi Jinping's crackdown on everything is remaking Chinese society. So if you haven't been keeping up with what is going on in China, Almost no one and no business seems to have been spared in the recent changes to Chinese society. Uh, According to the Washington Post, I will quote here, the orders have been sudden, dramatic, and often baffling. Last week, American Idol-style competitions and shows featuring men deemed too effeminate were banned by Chinese authorities. Days earlier, one of China's wealthiest actresses, uh, Zhao Wei, had her movies television series and news mentions scrubbed from the internet as if she never existed. Over the summer, Chinese multi-billion dollar private education industry was decimated overnight by a ban on for-profit tutoring, while new regulations wiped more than one trillion from Chinese tech stocks since a peak in February, as Chinese tech moguls compete to donate more to President Xi Jinping's campaign against inequality. Uh, Xi Jinping thought is taught in elementary schools and foreign games and apps like Animal Crossing and Duolingo have been pulled from stores. A dizzying regulation, a dizzying regulatory crackdown unleashed by China's government has spared almost no sector over the past few months. This sprawling rectification campaign with such disparate targets as ride-hailing services, insurance, education, and even the amount of time children can spend playing video games, is redrawing the boundaries of business and society in China as she prepares to take on a controversial third term in 2022. So that last part, uh, limiting the amount of time that children can spend playing video games, which I think is three hours on the weekends. So limiting that, uh, which is super interesting. And sometimes I, I try to imagine, you know, something similar in the U S and what the response to that would be. 
Uh, we won't necessarily go there in the newsletter or, or here on the podcast, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Uh, and not because America is necessarily the opposite, rather because the response would be so varied and probably somewhat confused based on so many different factors. So something to think about. All right, finally, we'll end it on the paradox of choice, less but better, a podcast episode uh, that we did for product by design. Um, having more options may seem better, but is it? Uh, in that episode, we explored the paradox of choice when having too many options actually slows us down and paralyzes our decision-making. Uh, we discussed why we end up with too many features in our products and what we can do to avoid creating feature overload for our customers. Uh, it's a super fun topic to explore, and I deal with it frequently, both in my work and also in my personal life, as I talked about on the podcast, as I'm sure many of you do. So check out that podcast. Again, link in the newsletter, which is linked in the show notes. And uh, that is it for this week's episode and newsletter. So if you haven't checked that out again, check out productthinking.cc for the newsletter. Uh, you can check out the link in the show notes. Uh, you can, of course, subscribe and follow us um, at productthinking.cc. Uh, subscribe to the free or paid newsletter. Either one works. You can always drop us a tip uh, if you like this uh, podcast. And of course, follow this podcast. And you can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter and other social media. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs>